Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back. Welcome back to Sabres Live after a couple of days off as the Sabres are on their uh, bye week and all-star break. Um, we're back. We're back on Wednesday here at noon on MSG and WGR 550. I'm Marty Baron, and today I have Chris Baker at Sabres Prospects as a uh, co-host for the first half hour because uh, Duffer's taking an extra day, an extra day of recovery after you know, the weekend and now that the Sabres are off a little bit so he can be refreshed for the rest of the season. So, uh, Bakes, uh, if you had your choice of any location you could go to for five days, six days during the uh, All-Star break uh, and by week, where would you go? Well, I'd be on the uh, first bus down to, yeah, bus, listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably go to like, I like Cabo. I like the Caribbean. I, I think okay. it probably, but I, I also like Putacana. I think I'd be, probably be in the Dominican Republic right about now. You bring your golf clubs with you? 100%. They'd be uh, there before I would be there. <laughs> yeah, you'd ship them ahead so you didn't have to worry about it. And then you'd just bring a duffel bag of golf clothes and you'd be all set. A couple of bathing suits, you'd be all set. Well, thank you for joining us, Bakes. Uh, you know, it's great. And, and you know, we're going to kind of, because the Sabres played on Saturday against the San Jose Sharks, we haven't had a show since then. Do a quick review of what happened. Obviously, Sabres don't play until next Tuesday, February 6th against the Dallas Stars because they have their bye week and all-star break going on right now. Um, and uh, we'll also talk prospects. Obviously, injuries happened, and we'll talk about Jack Quinn and the injury that he suffered on Saturday. But 5-2 uh, um, win against San Jose. Sabres kind of close out this West Coast strip 2-3. and three. They lose the first one against the Anaheim Ducks, but they're able to come back in both LA and San Jose game. They fell down 3-1 in LA, 2-0 against the San Jose Sharks. Um, big game out of Paterka and Cousins, but for me, most importantly, it was the big game out of Casey Millistat with Greenway and Tuck. Like that line got put together. Um, somehow, Mitzi has been like, you know, a dog on a bone, like going after pucks on the half wall, winning one-on-one battles, recovering all of it. So, um, I don't, I, I, not that I've never seen that on out of Casey Mills at Bakes, but I was really impressed with the uh, the non-skills part of his game on Saturday against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I mean, he had a great game to close out the you know leading up to the break, but I think he's always had that fire in his belly. To me. You've seen it. Maybe just not, it hasn't emerged all the time consistently at the NHL level. But I think that's always been an underrated part of his game. The board battles that he's been participating in the past two seasons, I think, have been really noticeable. I think that the way that he's been working the boards off the puck to win loose pucks, that's really been the skill, I think, that kind of saw him start to emerge last year. He started to really notice it when Thompson went down late in the season. And it's no coincidence when he started working harder off the puck that all of the production started to really ramp up. So, no, I thought he's been excellent. Probably, you know, I, I, I don't know. We can have the conversation maybe if you want to, but he's probably your team's MVP right now going into the break. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think he probably has been the most consistent best player this season. Um, look, is, is JJ Paterka making a push for that? Absolutely. I mean, JJ was cold, like ice cold for a while there in, you know, December, early January. And now he's, he's picked it up, right? And he's, he's producing. Part of that was... Okay, they got back together. Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka, they got back together. And even though there's a couple of games where they were split, putting them back together, you see the energy, you see the chemistry. Um, So, yeah, Paterka could maybe be in that conversation. But now, obviously, we're faced with an injury. But before we go to the other player that could maybe... Being the MVP talk so far this season would be Ukopeka Lukanen. I mean, over his last 10, he's 6-3-1 and one with a 1.8 goals against average, a 9.33 save percentage. And you look at goal save above expectation in the last month, he's number two in the NHL behind Stuart Skinner, who's having an unbelievable stretch right now with the Oilers winning 16 in a row. So I think that all three, Middlestat, Paterka, UPL could be in that conversation. Um, what did you what do you see out of UPL now that you saw maybe in his better days with the Rochester Americans? I think he feels like it's his team. And when he feels like it's his team and it's his job, he's just more comfortable. He's playing more often. And it just brings out the better in his game. That's kind of what we saw when he was out in, even in the OHL, Marty. Yeah. When he went there, it became his team, and it's no coincidence that he was probably the most dominant goaltender in junior hockey, Canadian major junior anyways, that season. There was That's that when he was wearing the bright orange pads, right? Like he had the bright orange pads, and it was it was standing out big time. When he came over from HPK. Yeah. 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 But um, no, I think that that's a big part of it. You know, it's kind of that game within the game. You know, just kind of the mental poise that playing more often and just being woven in and being anointed the guy. And that's kind of, I think, how he feels right now. MVP of the season, maybe, you know, I, I'm willing to listen to that, but certainly probably the most surprising, just considering some of the opinions that were out there and the unknowns at the goaltending position that the Sabres had coming into the season. Yeah, I think the second half, obviously, or post all-star break, because we were past the halfway point of the season for the Sabres, but I think that's going to tell a lot as to where UPL is um, and what direction the Sabres will continue to take when it comes to their goaltending. Um, you know, Devin Levi is in Rochester for this break and will play tonight, 7.05 start, while the Amherst hosts the Syracuse Crunch at Blue Cross Arena. We'll talk about the Rochester Americans because, unfortunately, Bakes, there was an injury Saturday, and a, and a big one. Jack Quinn, who missed half of the season with the Achilles injuries that he suffered while training in the offseason, he came back. He had an immediate impact offensively with the team. Got a little cold, which was to be expected, and then was coming right back to the level that we know Jack Quinn can be at. Not just five on five, but on the power play. I feel like he was, you know, controlling the play, managing the puck, doing some things. And then he went awkwardly, I would say, with the left leg trailing behind him uh, on the half wall there and just stayed on the ground. And you could tell that he wasn't putting any weight on his left leg when he was removed from the ice. Um, I was hoping for the best, right? I'm a uh, positive person. I was hoping for the best. But Lance Lysowski reported that Jack Quinn had surgery as when he returned to Buffalo and should be out about eight weeks. Now, he also mentioned that it wasn't 
an Achilles injury and that uh, it wasn't a knee injury. So we'll we'll see. The Sabres are not saying anything. They're on their bye week and all-star break. So when they return to practice, I'm sure we'll get an update from the Buffalo Sabres. But Lance Isowski, Buffalo News, reporting that. Um, how crushing is that for Quinn's development? I mean, this was going to be that that second NHL season, right? And and he missed the first half, and now most likely will miss the next two months. So how crushing is that for him uh, and, and his development with the team? Well, physically, I mean, eight weeks of recovery. I think it's what, what does the physical recovery do to the mental recovery, right? Because he had yeah. just, he just went through a long one. I mean, developmentally, I mean, I was surprised how quickly he rebounded and just was reinserted and started producing. And he even made the team look different on the ice when he was yeah. out there. The team as a whole looked different because his compete level. He elevated the compete of the entire group. So there's two lenses to kind of look at it. What does it do to him? What does it do to the team? And we'll probably talk about both. You know, I'm I'm seeing how he just rebounded from his last Achilles injury that he rehabbed pretty much all summer and, and fall and into early winter. I'm confident that he'll be able to repeat that. It's just so unfortunate. I look at the mental part of it. It's just like, I have to do this all again, you know? But I mean, we've seen the skill. I'm, I'm so eager to see what happens here in the next eight weeks, but I'm confident that he'll rebound just because we just saw him do so successfully. Yeah, he did talk about that openly and how there were some really, really hard days. Um, and his recovery was kind of in three parts, right? So there was the first part where he couldn't even move, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. Then there was, okay, I can start walking and then I can start pushing. So it was kind of in three parts and it was hard. Now, I, I mean, he's played in 17 games with the Sabres and had 12 points kind of decent knowing that you're joining halfway in the season after having missed training camp, missed the first, you know, 30 some games of the season. And then comes in, has three points. Uh, I believe the Sabres won eight out of those games. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine wins out not nine wins out of 17. You may say, well, that's not great. Yeah, but it's still, you know, it's nine, seven and one out of 17. So it's still plus two, right? The Sabres are, are not there yet. They're not at 500 yet. And with Jack Wynn, they were nine, seven and one. So that's still a better record with him in the lineup than without him in the lineup. Um, and we saw Cousins, we saw Paterka having kind of a, a, a push forward. It's been a tough start for Cousins this year. Paterka has been steady and been able to create on his own, but putting them three together really boosted everybody. Um, so now you're right. It'll be interesting to see how it affects the team um, because somebody's going to have to fill in that spot. And that's kind of like where I want to take you. So no Jack Quinn. Um, there's there's many, uh, many options in front of the Sabres and Kevin Adams, Don Granado, to kind of say, hey, where do we go here? They can look internally with... Maybe it's just the only player available, Victor Olofsson. Maybe it's Victor Olofsson saying, hey, you you finally get a chance. Maybe, maybe it's a showcase situation for a month now before the trade deadline. But, hey, we're going to give you ice time. We're going to give you a chance. There you go. Maybe it's internally within, you know, prospect players in Rochester that are going to come up and fill in that spot. Or maybe, and we'll look at that a little bit more tomorrow with uh, Darren Dreger, our TSN insider, talk about, trade possibilities it was available that could fill in if the Sabres wanted to go that route but let's start first here Bakes um if the Sabres were just looking at their roster right now you know Zach Benson Victor Olofsson uh the players that they have available what would be 
the pros and what would be the cons of going that way right now in the short term for the Buffalo Sabres? Well, I think the pros, you know, you still could use it. I, I think there's an opportunity here for Zach Benson. I really do. Just even right. you can argue that maybe he hit a little bit of a wall, which is going to be expected for a young player. Mm-hmm. But he's like that's production wise. Aesthetically, though, he's out there. He's still making plays. He's still doing the right things. He's still having a po- he's being a, a positive contributor, even if the points aren't coming. To me, I think there's a fit there, and it's something that also just from a future view, I'd like to see if it works with Cousins and Paterka. I'd like to maybe see that opportunity. I get the point of uh, Victor Olson. I think you talk about pros and cons. This is kind of killing two birds with one stone. You have a guy there in the on-deck circle. You can put him in. He maybe helps replace some of that shot generation that you were getting with Jack Quinn. We know that he can shoot the puck. You might get a step down on the compete level side of things, okay? But it's also an opportunity if you put him up there, to your point about you mentioned the, the term showcasing. I think that's where the kind of the two birds with one stone thing comes into play. Maybe he can give you a boost and replace some of that offense, uh, offensive production that you were getting out of Quinn, but also it is a showcase opportunity to make a move on that and see if you can, uh, you know, maybe up the value that you might get in any potential trade return as we approach the deadline. It's a showcase for the team trying to say, Hey, let's showcase Victor Olson and let's see if we can facilitate a trade. Who knows? Who knows yeah. if Kevin Adams has had many conversations with other teams about Victor Olson. We know now that from last summer, um, you know, even Victor was talking about, well, maybe there's a, a better opportunity, you know, somewhere the team listen, we're going to look into, uh, every options that we have, especially when it comes to Victor Olson. So maybe it's a showcasing part for the Sabres to try to facilitate a trade, but maybe, and I look yeah. at the player side of it, it's a showcasing part for Victor to say, hey, I'm a UFA at the end of the season. So that I get trade this year or not, I still have to, to, to try to finish the season strong so that I can get myself another contract. Like I would think that Victor would want another chance at the NHL level. He's still... I'm not saying super young, but he's still 28 years old. Like There's still a few years there for him to be able to say, hey, I want to compete at the NHL level and not just retreat back to Europe and play in Finland or Sweden or whatnot, right? Like play home in Sweden for Victor. I'm sure eventually it will come to that, but there's a showcase part for him as well. And maybe you get the best out of him. Now, the problem is he... I, I really feel like you can't say, oh, we're getting the best out of Victor. Uh, we got to hang on to him for the rest of the year. I think if you get the best out of Victor, you facilitate something, you move on. And then maybe that opens a door for somebody else to come up. Um, and that's why you're such an expert is that, well, the next wave of players to maybe come up and, and fill in that gap are in Rochester right now. Um, you know, with Duffer, obviously Duffer is also a Rochester Americans um, fan club member and expert. So we've gotten a lot of information, but who is that next guy in Rochester? Is it Tyson Jost who is in Buffalo and you say, okay, let's call up a guy like Tyson Jost because he's familiar with the NHL and maybe he wants a, a showcase moment for himself as well. Or is it the prospects, the young guys, the Kulik and Roseanne that you would go out there and give them that opportunity? Yeah, it gets a little tricky because there's like six guys that you can legitimately talk about that are down in Rochester right now that are kind six. of in the hopper. I think there's like six guys at least wow. that you can start that you could talk about, honestly, because if you, there's some veteran guys, it depends on what flavor you want to add to the mix right now. Oh, do you want to go with a flavor. little more seasoned guy or do you want to maybe give one of the younger guys a look that might have the similar player profile of a Jack Quinn? Hey, the last thing I want to say on Olofsson real quick, though, why it could work also is you got to remember 
I think it was like in November, early December, there was a stretch there where he was like points per 60. Like he was up there amongst the league leaders. He wasn't getting a lot of minutes, but he was producing. It was a little bit of a window there. Maybe he can catch fire. But back to why you, the question that you just asked me, Tyson Jost is, I think, an obvious reflex because he just landed down there. He had a pretty mm-hmm. good game on Saturday. Um, but I don't know if it's the right fit. You know, I think that there's a compelling case that could be made for Lucas Rusek. Yep. Who just had a really nice point streak. He's a winger. He plays with speed and tenacity, but you're not going to replace that offensive profile that you're losing in Jack Quinn. You know, there's also Brandon Byra who's day to day. Right. So I'm going through the players right now, just real yep. quickly, the, the whole hopper. Right. Oh, I got, I got a list here too. Yeah. I didn't have six on my list, but I like that you're adding players. I did have Rusek. I had Tyson Joes. I do have Byro on the list. Um, I, I, you know, is, is day to day, uh, a bad situation for him to be in right now because you're thinking, okay, you got to play a few games in Rochester and then we can, but, but there's also the break, right? They play one game next Tuesday and then they don't play until the next Saturday. There's plenty of time to evaluate everybody at this moment for the Sabres. Yeah. I don't think that it's like, it's not an imminent decision to your point. Yeah. So Byro's day to day, it sounds like they're going to get him back pretty quickly here. He's in the hopper. He's in the hopper. This was a guy that they wanted to call up around this time last year mm-hmm. before he got injured. So, yes. you know, again, history repeats itself a lot with these guys, um, you know, and then you get to the Kulik Rosane situation. Both of those guys are close. We've talked about them ad nauseum, whether I'm on here with you or just as in general out there, just watching their development. I think there's an opportunity. Maybe they're not clicking right away. Um, you know, right now in January, both of them have kind of dried up a little bit, but they're not playing poorly. They're still playing good hockey. The pucks just aren't going in for them. But I think those are two more guys that are there. So that's five. You know, okay. if you want to talk about a six, whatever, you know, you can talk about maybe Brett Murray because he had a great game. On Saturday. Yeah, Big you know, Murr has been up and he, he can fill in a spot. I think that depending on where you want that player to be, do you want that player to fill in with Quinn and uh, not Quinn Cousins and Paterko right now to replace Quinn? Or would you think of elevating somebody else to that spot? We saw we saw Caloposo playing with Thompson and Skinner. Obviously, Gergensons is out right now for the Sabres and we won't know when he returns if it's going to be for much longer. So that may change the dynamic a little bit as well. But if you're thinking of maybe even putting a Eric Robinson on with Cousins and Paterka and see how that works. And you need somebody to play Fort Line alongside Krebs. Uh, and 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 you want to see how that goes. Maybe it is a Brett Murray. Maybe it's Murray saying, bring size, bring a guy that's got a little bit more experience that will that will play down your lineup. You don't want to call up Kulik and say you're going to get 12 minutes a night. Like that, I don't think that makes sense for Yuri Kulik to come up and play on the Fort Line right now. No, it doesn't. That, and, and I don't think, I think that's where Rusek might make sense if you're going to look to Rochester to bring a guy up for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's earned it. He's a dog. Number two, he's on the one way next year. And maybe you got to, you want to give him another look. But I don't think it's going to be just one guy comes up and he's, I think it's going to be maybe a revolving door <laughs> to kind of figure it out as we go. The thing that makes this challenging, Marty, is when they went out West, they did a massive line blender. And yeah. they mixed up everything. It makes it even harder to put the puzzle together right now because it seemed like they were trying to balance out the lines by putting one guy that's hard on pucks on each line. Are they going to have that philosophy coming out of the break? There's a lot of unknowns here. I think if though, if you look at Merritt, 
in terms of Rochester, to me, it's still, I think, Rusek for now and see what he does with it, knowing that there's these other guys that we just talked about right there in the on-deck circle ready to go. And if Rosane and Kulik start popping in February, I think they're guys that they're going to want to give a look to at some point also here before the end of the regular season. Well, Chris Baker at Sabres Prospects is with us right now. Duffer has got one more day of a uh, little vacation time while the Sabres are on their bye week and all-star break. He'll be back at uh, at his spot, normal spot tomorrow on Sabres Live. And uh, Pat Coletto will join us at the bottom of the hours. We're going to talk junior Sabres. Great new uh, girls program that is uh, going to start with the Junior Sabres. And we'll have fun with Coletta as well With uh, when it comes to all-star break, vacations. The Athletic had a poll about, you know, best place to play. Who do you want to punch in the face? I think this is gold for Pat Coletta. Who would he like to punch in the face? We'll talk to him about that. Um, so you were talking about the line blender. Let's just go quickly through the lines just as they were last game. You had Skinner with Thompson and Oposo. You're thinking, oh, wait a second. That should be Alex Tuck. But Tuck now is with Middlestat and Greenway. And you did have Quinn with Cousins and Paterka. Right now, if you were to go on daily face-off, uh, which kind of does a little bit of the, the the hard work when it comes to lines and they follow all the writers and all the people on social media, they basically elevated Zach Benson in that spot with Cousins and Paterka by default, right? And they have Krebs and Robinson alone on a fort line. There's nobody filling in that spot. They don't know who's going to be in that spot. But would that be what you were thinking for top nine right now? Let's forget about who's going to get called up. But if you were looking at keeping the Thompson line together with Skinner and Oposo, Adding Zach Benson with Cousins and Paterka and obviously keeping the Millstat line together with Greenway and Tuck. Is that the best approach maybe for coming back from the break and then see where we're at with everything else, everybody health? If is Gergensen is, is close to returning, like is that the, the most cautious approach to just say, Benson, you fill in for Quinn? I think it makes a lot of sense. And there's a natural break in the schedule here that gives Benson a little bit of a pause. The timing is is perfect for this, if you think about it. Um, and But in terms of the minutes management, so the minutes that are going to be required to play with Cousins and Paterka and 200-foot player value, Benson makes a lot of sense to me. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's kind of why I started off by saying I think it's an opportunity for Zach Benson. A, th- a few weeks ago when Skinner went down, I thought that there was a, maybe a missed opportunity to put Benson up top mm-hmm. with Thompson and Tuck. It's the same philosophy here from my perspective that I would try it. I would try it and see how it goes. But I think it makes sense because I think Benson can play the minutes and I like coming out of the pause. Again, it's a nice, it's no different than how they set J.J. Paterka down last season, put him up top just to kind of process the game from up high. And then he came back. Same 
opportunity here with Benson coming off this all-star break to see what he can do. With I do think that break may be beneficial for Zach Benson, who is in his first year in the NHL at 18, you know, got drafted this summer, went through development camp, went back home for a little bit, went through junior camp, rookie camp, training camp, the start of the season. That's a lot. That's a lot to put on a young kid who was just thinking, I got drafted. I'm going to probably go back to juniors and have fun. And and all of a sudden you're in the NHL and you're playing a lot and you're playing well. I do think this break may be more beneficial for him uh, moving forward. One young player that is not on break right now, and we mentioned Devin Levi playing in Rochester starting tonight with the Amherst at Blue Cross Arena against Syracuse. Um, he did that a couple of times this year. He went down to Rochester and then came right back up because of the Eric Comrie injury and and then, you know, went back on a conditioning game before the uh, California trip, went, played one game, came back, played in L.A., got a win, um, and now is going to play some games during the break. How How beneficial or how often also do you think the Sabres will use that uh, option for Devin Levi to be able to go to Rochester, maybe get a game or two, and then come back up and play in the National Hockey League. A little bit like, I remember Mika Noren did that when I was in Buffalo. Ryan Miller did that a little bit when I was in Buffalo. Um, does, does Kevin Adams and Don Granato use that more often now from now until the end of the year? I think you're going to see it more often, uh, regardless of my opinion of it. You know what I mean? Because I'm not a yeah. huge fan of shuttling guys back and forth, but the regionalization of having your AHL team, like, we in Buffalo, we don't realize the luxury that we've long had. It makes sense when it's 90 minutes down the road. Not every organization could tout that. You're starting to see it more often now. They almost screwed but, it up uh, when they moved it to Portland. And then they brought it back really quickly. Yes. Like, this is, work, this is not working in Portland, Maine. But I think overall, um, you'll start to see it more because it's clear Devin Levi needs to play. And if UPL, yep. like we talked about at the top, it's his job. He's the man. Until it's not, Levi's got to get the minutes. Um, a lot of times your organizational two is oftentimes your AHL one. You see that a lot. And I think that's where Devin Levi's situation is right now. So whatever it takes at this point to get him the minutes to play, it's great. And, and the good thing about it, Marty, is that he goes down there with a great attitude. He's got the right perspective on it. He knows why he's there. I thought it was very big for them to break the ice the first time he went down. Yeah. So everyone knew it was big for Kevin Adams. It was big for Devin Levi to know it can happen. Mm -hmm. And it set the precedent. Now um, they support him. You know, he only faced 17 shots in his last start. This is a guy he's open to seeing 35, 40. Yeah. And we know that the Amherst are a pretty high event team. That 17 shot performance that he had in his last start is clearly an anomaly. So no, I think we'll see it quite often. I'm curious to see how he does tonight. The Amherst defense played really well in front of him mm -hmm. last time, got down and blocked a lot of shots. Um, so I think that having him down there too, you know how it is. Well, you're a goaltender, so maybe you don't. But the impact that a goaltender has who's steady, I always say that they set the tone for the team. Yes. Having him in that net, the team just looks different down there. Well, so I think I, it's a good I, thing for everyone. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good thing for everyone. Now, my biggest thing right now is do you – and I know it's early. The trade deadline is March 8th. But do you think and consider having Devin Levi on the Rochester Americans roster – on uh, uh, on March 8th so that he's 
um, available for the playoffs, for a run for the Rochester Americans. Is that something that because you now sent him down a few times and he's played some games, that's a step that you're considering now saying, hey, let's roster him at the AHL level in a month from now to make sure that he's available for playoffs when and if Rochester makes a run for uh, for the postseason. 100%. And he's not going to have a ton of mileage on him. At that point in the season, I think it's pretty clear unless something dramatically changes in the goaltending situation in Buffalo. And if Kevin Adams and Carmanos, if they're serious, and I believe they are, about mm -hmm. installing a winning tradition on the farm, then if you can have a guy like Devin Levi down there, you do it. Especially if it's, it, again, it builds that winning tradition and it's a developmental tool what? for the player personally. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Well, we just have a couple more minutes here with Chris Baker at Sabres Prospects and, you know, speaking about uh, the Sabres, their win in San Jose, the Jack Quinn injury, Devin Levi playing in Rochester this week. The Sabres are off until next Tuesday, the 6th, when they host the Dallas Stars. Uh, we're getting some, some you know, response on social media when it comes to who should take Jack Quinn's spot now that Jack Quinn will most likely miss the next, the next eight weeks uh, after his uh, lower body, left leg, lower body injury at San Jose on Saturday. And John here says, how can it be anyone but Kulik, right? How can it be anyone but Yuri Kulik? Um, I like the 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 you know being firm on it, uh, but also you have Jonathan here says I wouldn't you know call any I wouldn't call anybody up. I'd give Olafson an extended look with Cousins and Paterka. So there's there's a a, a polarizing kind of uh, um, way to look at it, right? Use a guy like Victor Olafson that has been there, that is looking for that that ice time, that opportunity, or look at the Sabers prospect and long-term and who do you want to call up is Kulik. So kind of interesting to, to see it. Okay. I'll put you on the spot with one last this or that here because of Jonathan and um, who is the other guy, John saying Kulik one way, Olofsson the other way. If you were in the big chair and you had those two options in front of you, which one would you pick? I'm going to keep uh, Kulik in Rochester right now. Get him going. He's got no goals in his last eight games, and he's not. And he's still he's he's playing okay. Okay, he's not playing poorly, but I want to get him going before I bring him up. And he's not going just yet. Okay, Olafson, so, and I th we already talked about. It. I think Olafson right now it's next man up with who's in Buffalo today. Okay, and do you play Olafson with Cousins and Paterka, or do you give that spot to Benson and you say to Victor, you got to work your way up. You're going to start with uh, Krebs and Robinson, and let's see where it goes. Benson on the kid line because he'll play more minutes. Olafson down on the bottom, and, and if he can work his way up, great. Okay, well, usually I do my lineup in pencil so I can erase and crisscross and change it up. I have now used pen and put at the top of Chris Baker's lineup for March 6 against the Dallas Stars. So it's in my book. We are going to use it in the pregame, and uh, hopefully that's uh, um, people on, on social media can say, hey, Bake said it on Wednesday. So we didn't have to wait until Tuesday to find out. Bake said it on Wednesday. Chris Baker, I appreciate you joining us for half an hour here, giving us all the details on the prospects and, you know, the world of hockey, a little bit of golf here, Pebble Beach this week. Who's who's your winner? Who's your winner for Pebble Beach this weekend? I, I kind of like Ben on. I kind of like Ben on. It's going to be a little windy, a little wet, and he's proven they can play in those conditions. So we'll see if he can roll a few in because if the putter is going, I think he's going to compete. So some are saying he's got the Chris Baker game. I uh, can chip, can approach, but the putter kind of gets left in the bag once or twice. So that's the way it goes. 
I'd be a single digit handicap if I could putt. Uh, oh, okay. Well, maybe that's, uh, <laughs> that's next not Christmas from <laughs> us at the Sabres Live. We'll get you putting lessons. That's the way it works. Bakes, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure, with more prospect news as they come later in the season. And that's probably going to be with me and Duffer as Duffer comes back tomorrow. Um, so thanks a lot. Uh, Pat Coletta set to join us here in just a few minutes after we take a break here on Sabres Live on WGR 550 and MSG. We'll see you in a bit. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back to Sabres Live here as the Sabres are on their bye week and all-star break. Uh, Duffer will be back tomorrow in his uh, normal chair. He's taking an extra day of vacation because we didn't have a show Monday and Tuesday. Uh, But uh, we are very happy to be joined now by a uh, former Buffalo Sabres player, but currently the president and director of hockey operations with the Junior Sabres, the Buffalo Junior Sabres at Lecom Harbor Center. It is Pat Coletta. It is not Pat Coletta Day on this day, Patty, but we're still love to have you on. And thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. I think we got, what, 22, 23 more days before Pat Coletta Day. Yeah. So enjoying here working at Harbor Center. We're, uh, uh, my boys are listening in the next room. We're still waiting for Sightsee to show up. So, <laughs> you know, if you're listening, Sightsee, get your butt down here. We got work to do. He's probably um, driving and listening as he's coming in and said, oh, I better floor it now. I better get there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not helping you with that speeding ticket either. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, last week you guys came up with a huge announcement, and that's the number one topic I want to approach with you is that the Buffalo Junior Sabres will have a girls program starting in the fall of 2024. Um, tell us about the program, how that came about, and, and how excited are you that uh, – you are going to have not only the boys program that runs from, you know, young to 20 U, but now you're going to have a girls program as well at Lecom Arbor Center. Yeah, for sure. And in, in, in my life, you know, uh, being recently married to, to Madeline, formerly known as Elia, now Madeline Coletta, um, you know, girls hockey has, has been part of my life, uh, mm. you know, more so uh, in the past, um, you know, the past four or five years and, and being at a point where, you know, you learn a lot about girls hockey and, and, you know, you're seeing girls that have to move away at, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. You know, I thought, you know, it was a great time and a great opportunity to, to, to poke around and see if we could do a program um, with the Buffalo Junior Sabres and, and with some help, uh, um, you know, with the staff we have here, you know, Dustin Brown moving back to Buffalo um, and having Nicole Brown, uh, having experience running a girls program and a program, I thought it was a no brainer to, to get it off the ground at 14 U and 12 U. So tell us a little bit more about Nicole Brown. She is going to be, you know, in charge of the girls program, but, um, you mentioned it's 12 U and 14 U. So, um, what kind of, of, um, start startup do you guys want to have? Like, is this like, we want to be the premier girls program. Is it going to take time? Like, I know there's steps to go through, but with her experience, where do you hope that program to be here starting even next year in October and November? Yeah. With, with, uh, with her for sure, having the experience, um, of running a program, she, she worked out in LA with the junior Kings, um, et cetera, and, and having experience, uh, you know, playing hockey, um, she's invaluable for us. Uh, she's, she's passionate about it. She's dedicated. She's, she's on top of it. 
and working together, um, you know, with her and, and having just been through it with, with, with a husband that played, you know, mm-hmm. 60 years in the NHL, like and being a captain, uh, he, and winning a Stanley cup and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, having a statue or whatnot, right. There's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, partnering up with her and, and working with her over the past little while here, um, you know, the girls, the girls program, uh, is in really good hands. Um, on top of that, I mentioned Maddie played hockey, pro hockey before mm-hmm. went to, went to Boston university, et cetera. Um, getting to know all of her friends in the Western New York girls that played here, played for the Buttes, maybe are still playing. Um, we're all super excited about starting it and, you know, basically said it's about time, um, for our program. Uh, I think first and foremost, it's getting good people in the door and, and starting the program. I think, you know, with any, with anything you, um, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be, you know, obstacles, but, you know, we're dedicated, uh, you know, with, with the people we have here of, you know, whether it's next year, whether it's two years, whether it's three years, um, building that program where girls do not have to move away and can accomplish their dreams, just like the boys do here now. Um, and whether that's playing college hockey, division one, division three, uh, you know, maybe eventually a couple of draft picks in the pro league, you yep. know, I think the opportunities are, are endless here and, and with dedicated and passionate people, you know, it's, it's my job, you know, with my background and being from here um, to provide that opportunity to the girls. Yeah. And with the PWHL having a strong start to their inaugural season, friend of the show, Haley Skimura plays in Ottawa and, uh, you know, she's uh, always been very important to, uh, to this region because she wants to build a, you know, the girls hockey and wants to show that it's, it's not just a, a pipe dream. You can definitely dream big and make it um, to the Olympics and, and play professional hockey. So that is great. Um, but there's also the boys program that is keeping, uh, you know, going a lot of success through the, all the teams, but a team that has returned this year now since COVID is the 20 U, the Ontario junior hockey league team that competes, um, you know, with all these teams in, in Southern Ontario. So how's the OJ team going? And I look in the, uh, you know, their fort in the Western conference, they, they have a great record, local players on the team. So uh, how's that uh, team that Wally is coaching uh, and, and, you know, doing everything for going right now? Yeah. So Wally's uh, Wally has done a fantastic job, um, you know, putting together a team that, you know, from scratch, basically, you know, we mm-hmm. couldn't have a team um, through the COVID years with crossing the border and testing and all that, uh, you know, fun stuff. Um, but getting the team back this year, it, it took a lot of work constructing it. Right. And, you know, the team that he's assembled along with uh, his staff, with with uh, Benedict and, and Seitz and, and Cody McCormick, um, you know, they've done a great job. And I mean, uh, even right now, probably surpassed expe- expectations. Um, so they're fourth in the conference now. Um, you know, I think uh, 10 to 15 games left. Um, and then, you know, the, the 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 boys get their first opportunity at a, at a playoff series here in, in junior hockey. So a lot of exciting things to do with that team. I think, you know, it, we're happy with where we're at now and, and what we've done, but just like any hockey team that we've been a part of, you still, you know, want to go into the playoffs and make some noise. And, and I think uh, our OJ team is, is poised to do that. 
Yeah, unfortunate that the COVID year happened when it happened because I feel like the OJ team here, the Buffalo Junior Sabres, was really starting to get some momentum, right? You had a lot of local players playing on that team, and then they transitioned on to maybe it's the USHL, maybe it's college. Like, there were so many players that have come through the Junior Sabres program, and then it just stopped. And it was unfortunate, but I'm really, really happy that that option is there for our local, you know, Southern Ontario, Western New York players, to be able to continue their development through juniors and then hopefully make it to college and who knows, maybe get an, edu an education out of it. That's the, the goal for a lot of them. Um, Patrick Caleta is with us right now on Sabres Live. Um, the Athletic came out with a, a fun poll that they do every year. I don't know <laughs> if we had those polls when we played, but they go through and ask who's the best player, who's the most overrated player, who's the most underrated player. I don't need to ask you these questions, but one question that really stood out to me that I was like, I need to ask Pat Coletta this question is who's the player in the league whose face you most want to punch? That's basically how they ask the players. Who's the player in the league whose face you most want to punch? Um, when you were playing, who was that player that you could, for me, it was Matt Cook. I can tell you right now, Matt Cook. I wanted to throw a blocker in his face every time I saw him. But who was the player you most wanted to punch? I, I think there's – I think I could go through each team and probably pick a guy. Um, <laughs> but even the guy that's playing now, you know, he's essentially the rat. And the problem is he's, he could also put up points and is good would be Brad Marchand. Yeah. And, you know, I, don't, I think he would be one of them. And then it'd be someone like, you know – uh, no surprise, but my next one, you know, I mentioned to you that it might be Sidney Crosby, <laughs> <laughs> which might also be like, uh, you know, help me out in another poll being the most hated player. But, um, you Punching know, Sidney Crosby though, could be a cardinal sin. He didn't make the list this year. Everybody loves him now. It's older, wiser. He's Sid. He's a nice yeah. guy. Brad Marchand was the second player listed on that list at only 14.9%. The number one player at almost 29% was Nick Cousins. And I think Nick Cousins is starting to be that rat now this year with what he did to Gabranson in um, Columbus and what he did to Valimaki. And then he got jumped by Zucker and then he laid down on the ice. I think that Nick Cousins is starting to be that guy that maybe like a little bit of Patrick Coletta in him in the way that he plays the game. Like you would probably would have been on that list back in those days. A hundred, a thousand percent, I would have been on that list, and I think it's, it's, you know, I don't like to give myself credit, but it's kind of an art form, right? Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that is not uh, in the game a whole lot, right? But I think more and more, the the people that do it are more and more valuable than even you know when I, when when I was playing, right, or you were yeah. playing, right? Um, so. It's something that, you know, if you do it right, it could be a positive for your team. But, you know, um, it's definitely as an opposing player, an opposing team. Like if we're playing against, you know, Marchand or, you know, Cousins or whoever it may be, you you have that in the back of your head that if you get a chance to, to maybe take a run at a guy, um, you know, maybe an extra stride or two, you know, it might happen. Um, quickly, we have about uh, 30, 40 seconds before we have to take a break here. Your favorite road city. Which city did you like to go most around the National Hockey League? 
the coolest for me was MSG. Um, yeah. And obviously, yeah. I scored a couple times, and I had my only, maybe my only overtime shift, but I scored an overtime goal there as well. So MSG for me is is pretty cool, and just the history of everything that's happened there, and and being from Buffalo, and you're playing at Madison Square Garden was something really special for me. No surprise, MSG comes in at number two. Las Vegas now is number one with the players in the National Hockey League. Montreal is number three. Nashville, number four. You can send me to any one of those four, <laughs> and I think I will have fun. So I no. have no problem with any of that. Vancouver is five. Florida is is six. I find that, that Florida, unless you're staying by the beach, if you're staying that's out in all, Sunrise, there's nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. You stay at the you stay at the hotel right there. Elbow room on the corner. Like if you need to have a beer or two to enjoy the uh, the weather in in uh, you know December January cold so it's uh, I could see it. Saberhood and Bills Mafia love the elbow room on, in Fort Lauderdale. They take it over every time. Pat Coletta, I uh, appreciate your time this morning, this afternoon. I always say this morning, this afternoon. Good luck with the Buffalo Junior Sabers girls program. Good luck with the boys this year. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again before the uh, the season's over. You're a regular guest. We love. Maybe we'll talk to you on Pat Coletta Day. Maybe we'll yeah, uh, good, call you and wake you up that day. <laughs> sounds good, Marty. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, Matt Coletto. We'll be right back. One last segment here on Sabres Live on WGR 550 and MSG. Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Thanks to Chris Baker, who joined us at Sabres Prospects. Talk a little bit about the Sabres Prospects and what to do with the absence of Jack Quinn. For the next uh, few weeks here, thanks to Pat Coletta talking about the girls hockey program with the Buffalo Junior Sabres. And Duffer will be back tomorrow as we are back now. And we'll be back Monday through Friday next week on Sabres Live at noon on WGR 550 and MSG. Quickly, fill in the blank Wednesday. Blank is how the NHL schedule for this week would be better. I'm doing it by myself. You know how the NHL schedule this week would be better? Get rid of the All-Star game. Don't have three-quarter of the league in a bye week before the All-Star game when there's no NFL. NFL. There's a two-week break between the conference championship and the Super Bowl. It should be the time to get momentum and have your best matchups, right? Have your McDavid play Matthews and have your Boston play New York and have your St. Louis play Chicago. That's the way it should go. It's not happening. Get rid of the All-Star game. Okay, get rid of us. One Bills Live is next here on WGR 550 and MSG.